a text verse are from verses 15 and 16. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all, firstborn of all creation. And verse 16 as well, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible. It's quite important. That's the aliens that we will preach on and will hear about. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And the topic this evening, creation of all things, especially the angels. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, so far the Belgian Confession testified about God. Article 1. The revelation about God, Articles 2 to 7. The being of God, article, Articles 8 to 11. And then now, Article 12, the confession starts with the work of God. And so it will continue with Article 13 as well. And so we confess in Article 12, we believe that a Father created heaven and earth and all creatures from nothing. When it seemed good to him, by his word, that is to say, by his son. And these words, as you have heard, are the words of Colossians 1 verse 15 to 16. He, and that's Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether friends or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. There's no doubt that Jesus is the author of all creation, that Jesus himself is not a created being. And when we behold the glory of all creation, we honor and worship our Lord Jesus Christ all the way more. Centuries, and I preach about him and told about him. After Paul, a dangerous teacher named Arius claimed that Jesus was not truly God. And that there was a time when Jesus did not exist. And Paul rightly understood and insisted that Jesus is before all things. That Jesus is himself the beginning. He's called the Alpha. The beginning, but also the Omega. Everything will end with him. Alpha, of course, the Greek alphabet. And Omega, the last letter of the alphabet. And the idea is that Jesus is the unifying principle and the personal sustainer of all creation. All things in Jesus will be made new as well. And so these verses also give through the purpose of God's creation. All things were created through him and for him. Why did God create the heavens and the earth? Did God create the earth and heavens and earth because he was lonely or because he wanted something upon which he could display his love? God who has been from all eternity was not lonely. Or did not need to display his love upon something or something. 
God created it because it pleased him to do that. To his glory. For the sake of his own praise. And it's for the sake of God's praise that each creature has been made the way it is. And God did not only create a world, but he also put a structure in place. An order. We have discussed this in AIM sermon last week, that Jesus is the head of every man, man is the head of woman, and God the Father is the head of Christ. And God is a God of order, that he created the heavens and the earth in six days, and that he rested on the seventh day. And so God created the creatures on the first days of the creation. And on the sixth day, he created Adam and Eve. And he gave them the cultural mandate to rule, to look after the animals of the sea. The animals and the creatures in the sea, and doing so, they served God. And all creatures exist for our sake, so that we might in turn praise God. And God did not just create a physical, visible world but also the world that is invisible to our eyes. Now, confession is so clear. Also the angels. And the angels are with us. They are also worshipping and praising the Lord with us. Hebrews 12, verse 20 to 24, describes the worship service like we have today, but in heaven. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Why can't we see the angels? Angels are spirits rather than physical beings. Colossians 1 verse 16. For by him all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And the invisible world is the angels. And second kings, Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Elisha's servant was terrified because a big army of Arameans surrounded him. And the Lord answered Elisha's prayer and opened the servant Chia's eyes. Eyes, he could see what Elisha saw. There was heavenly host standing wheel to wheel, side by side, an army with horses and chariots of fire, and as far as I could see, God's soldiers were on the mountain's hill, and they surrounded the city Dauphin. We got it in readiness. That's God's army. And angels, they acted as servants, the same as us. Tasked to glorify God. They served as messengers, as soldiers and guards. And they stand in God's service alone. And God used them as his instruments as he uses us to proclaim the gospel. That's for his grace alone, 
because he doesn't need us. God can only speak a word and it will be done in his omnipotence. But God decided to create angels. And their task is to honor and obey him alone. They are created to serve God, but also to protect those who will inherit salvation. That's us. Hebrews 1 verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? And all these angels has a common task. To glorify God. To serve God. Someone who wrote about angels gives the following outline about the work of the angels. That angels were created to worship and praise. Isaiah 6 verse 1 to 3. Revelation 4 to 5. Messengers. When we think of Mary. To communicate God's will to man. Guiding. Instruction to Joseph about the birth of Jesus. The woman at the tomb. To Philip, Cornelius. Also, provision. When the angels provided food for Elijah. When he was in despair. But also, they are protectors. Keeping God's people out of physical danger. Daniel in the lions. Strengthening and encouraging. When angels supported Jesus after his temptation. Matthew 4 verse 11. But they also encouraged the apostles to keep on with their work. And they told Paul. That everyone in his ship would survive the impending shipwreck. Acts 27. But also that they, were, they are caring for believers at a moment of death. In the story of Lazarus and the rich man. And Psalm 91 verse 11 to 12. For he will command, command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. Sometimes we don't hear about angels. But angels are here. The angels are present with us. Although we cannot see them. And on the one hand, we may be ignorant about the angels. On the other hand, people are obsessed with angels. And we need to be aware that there are not a lot of appearances of angels anymore. With the birth of Jesus, there was a great company of the heavenly host praising the Lord. But on Pentecost, there were none. It's now the age or the time of the church. And why is that? Because we have the complete revelation of God's words. And we don't need a special revelation from angels as Abraham, Joseph, Mary or Elisha. And we also need to be aware because our confession also deals with the fallen angels. That a devil also comes. It's an angel of the light. And so the Apostle Paul warned in Galatians 1 verse 8. But even if an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. The word is our light and a lamp to our feet. And so... 
The Belgic Confession teach about the fallen angels. Some of them have fallen from the excellence in which God created them into eternal perdition, and others have persisted and remained in their original state by the grace of God. And then it continues about the devil and the evil spirits are so corrupt that they are enemies of God and of everything good. There's a warning there. They lie and wait for the church and every member of it like thieves with all their power to destroy and spoil everything by their deceptions. So then by their own wickedness they are condemned to everlasting damnation duly awaiting their torment. And so the task of the angel is to praise God, to serve the elect, and even the demons or the fallen angels were meant to do this. And God gave them also certain gifts and abilities. And the task of the demons, despite the fact that they have fallen into sin, is still to serve God. But however they fell into sin, they don't do what they're supposed to do. They miss their purpose. And therefore, they use their God-given gifts to detract from God's glory. They had the elect now. And they tried to destroy the elect. They worked to destroy God's people. They do the opposite of what they were created for. And we must take them seriously. Remember how Paul said in Ephesians 4 verse 27, Give no opportunity to the devil. The devil is the one who opposes, who put himself against God. The devil is real, and so are demons, and the Bible is teaching about them, about the evil spirits. And so we are taught in 1 Peter 5, verse 8, Your adversary, the devil, prowls around you like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And so the devil is the master to know our insecurities, our anxieties. And he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And he will take your insecurities. And he will use it against you. He will make it his business to know your weakness. To tempt you. To cause you to curse God. Like Job's wife suggested. But a comfort is, it's not possible for God's elect. The devil will try to convince you that you don't need anyone. That you are better on your own. He will tempt you with the forbidden fruit of pornography and other sexual temptations so that you can forsake your principles that are intended to keep you holy as God's child. And the devil opposes and the last thing the devil wants to have is that the gospel should be preached. And therefore, he brings factions into the church, fighting. And he will do everything, and by all means, complacency. But a comfort is God's word that the Lord is in control, that the word will endure. And we should also not be surprised if we are attacked or face adversary in our times or in our personal life. And we can know that a church that is attacked is busy with the gospel. 
The most important is how we deal with these attacks from Satan. The Lord taught us to take it in prayer to Him. But also trust the Lord that He is in control. Satan is not a God, nor is He almighty, all-knowing. He's merely a creature. And he can't be put on a level or opposite to God. And we shouldn't give the devil too much credit. Like any other creature, he cannot move unless God permits. Job 1. On the one hand, we should take Satan seriously, but not too seriously, because we serve an almighty God. Remember my God who created heaven and earth and all other creatures with his word. For my God, nothing is impossible. My God just said and it was there. And he is for the sake of Christ my God and my Father. And my Father rules the world and everything is under his fatherly care. And we confess with Paul in Romans 8 verse 38 to 39... For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isaiah told us to lift our eyes high and ask who created this. And he who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, is strong in power. Not one is missing. This is our Lord. This is the God we serve. The God who created the heavens and the earth and all other creatures from nothing when it seemed good to him. He created by his word, that is to say by his son, And he has everything in his hands. The past, the present, and the future. And only in him you can trust. And he also tells us he's holding his church in his hands. Revelation 1 verse 16. That nothing can separate us from God's love. It's only by grace that we are saved. Jesus is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in everything, he might be preeminent. Let's pray. Heavenly Father.